hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back. He's out. Dad Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnabush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 83 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who are joined watching them do it. I appreciate you bearing with me, folks. I know I've had a lack of content yet again. Um, working on it, I, had, I, I went to Florida for about a week, you know, on vacation for the holidays to go visit family. Uh, came back, and then the following week, I came down with a nasty sinus infection, so I am just getting over that. I apologize. I'm still going to be a little little sniffles McGee on the uh, on the mic here throughout the episode, so I do apologize for that in advance. And I tried to turn the mic volume down a bit, so you might need to turn the volume up. That way, it doesn't pick up my fucking mouth breathing as much because uh, there will be doing I will be doing a lot of it. Um, but I appreciate you sticking it out and actually tuning into the podcast as we ring in the new year uh, on January 9th. Is it January 9th or 8th? January 9th. Holy cow. Um, already, it's been over a week in January, which is insane. Um, also, I apologize. I'm sure you just heard that noise in the background is Gates the puppy bringing in a toy. Of course, when the wife is gone, um, hard for me to control him. So while, while I'm doing the podcast, at least. And it wouldn't be as bad if we didn't have uh, we have vinyl floors here. So you hear everything. And he's got the plastic toys that drop on it. Uh, when we had the apartment with the carpet, it wasn't nearly as bad, obviously. But, you know, we will stick it out. Why does it just look so fucking low, man? This this audio. I don't know why. Um, when it started doing that, and I know Darren had the same issue. It's like, now we got to turn the mic way up. Maybe I'll turn, let me turn it up a little bit here. Holy shit. This is just, oh, there we go. Now we got all sorts of real, real good fucking episode here we're already doing. Um, so there, maybe that'll, that'll help out, but it just looks so low and it's weird. Like it's different when I do Skype, it's a different audio level. And when I do zoom, it's a different audio level. And then when I do it solo, it's all three of its different audio levels. It never used to be like that. Um, I, I don't know when the program or software started doing that, but fucking trials and tribulations of podcasting over here, folks. Um, also, I apologize. I'll probably take a lot of water breaks here because I get winded really fast more, more often than usual as a fat guy. But, um, that was the biggest thing is that I'm still not over is the fatigue from the sinus infection. Oh my God. It's been, it's been fucking rough. So. Anytime I'll do anything like today, I, I was f- back to work for the first time because, of course, I came back from vacation. I was just sick as a dog. Walked a property, a paint job, and I would just sweat in buckets afterwards. Felt like I ran a marathon. So 
Um, yeah, bear with me here, folks. But um, no, thank you for tuning in. And for, if you tuned into the last episode, which was the Carrie Toporowski special, of course, I brought on uh, Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice and fucking gate squeaking toys in the background now. Um, which, of course, was, you know, Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, Jay out in Iowa, and uh, Mark McFarlane, who was a former teammate of Kerry Toporowski and former guest of the show, actually. It was one of the first interviews I ever did. Um, so it was a lot of fun bringing those guys back on and having them on the podcast and uh, talking talking some Topper. And uh, I know Toporowski himself actually listened to it, and he said he enjoyed it, and it was a great, great episode. So that was pretty cool. As long as I get Toporowski's approval, that's what matters, right? Um, and I know, you know, Toporowski himself, I think he's kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, he kind of leaves the past in the past and, um, he's actually a very successful financial advisor, I believe out in, um, he's actually out of Bettendorf now. He's still, still kicking around in quad cities. And I know his kid, uh, Luke Toporowski's, uh, rolling in the AHL with Providence out there with the Bruins. So Toporowski's are still around in some capacity, right? Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think Toporowski's ever going to come on the podcast, mine or Darren's or whatever. Um, but no, it was it was cool to see him actually that, that he listened to the podcast and actually enjoyed it. So uh, I appreciate the kind words, Carrie, and for your friends and everything like that, that kind of, uh, you know, listened and tuned into the podcast. I appreciate it. And I saw somebody left a really good review uh, how much they enjoyed the episode on Apple. So uh, whoever that was, I appreciate you uh, leaving a review. It means a lot, but. Uh, well, I'll get into that here in a second, but um, of course, I got to mention, before we get going here, I got to mention the friends of the podcast. Of course, I mentioned Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, and he is, uh, you know, the original Enforcer podcast, and he is one of the pioneers of this genre, as it's kind of, you know, gotten my my podcast, Joe's podcast, now a new one on the block, which I'll mention here in a second. But of course, uh, he has had many great interviews with guys like Steve McIntyre, John Rasty, Joey Tedarenko, um, Clark Wilm, Mike McWilliam, the list goes on. And the same thing with Joe, and Joe was the uh, Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box, which as you can tell by that name was kind of an Islanders-focused podcast, but now he has shut the door on that, but he's opened the opened another door and is there on yeah. Easy for me to say is now on to the next chapter, which is the Nordique's Knuckles podcast. And as you can tell by the title is all about uh, Quebec Nordique tough guys. So I've got to catch up on his interview. I've got to catch up on both podcasts because um, when I was when I was hurt, man, it was uh, I, had, I had a headache for three days straight from all the pressure of my sinuses and I could hardly get out of bed. Um, so it was it was not fun at all. But I have some catch up to do, but I know he just did an interview with uh, Trevor, why he did it right before I think I left for uh, Florida. And as much as I really wanted to get the wife to listen to the Nordique Snuckles podcast on the drive down, I don't think she was buying it. So um, I think one time I snuck in a fourth line voice episode because we I always like to leave really early just to get the, the drive done with. And I snuck in a, a fourth line voice podcast on her because she was like, you know, three in the morning and I was driving. It was the like first thing. Um, yeah, start the day the healthy way with Darren. In the fourth line voice, your day can only get better from there, right? Um, but no, so I got to catch up on Joe's podcast. But like I said, he just had an episode with it was uh, Trevor Steinberg or Steinberg, however you prefer to say it. Uh, he did a couple part episode with him and he just did one with Ken McRae. I think it's just, just volume one with Ken McRae. Uh, he's got a lot to do left still, I'm sure, because Joe does all the deep cuts, the B sides, the C sides, D sides, everything, man. Joe covers it all. Um, he does a phenomenal job on these interviews. 
And I wanted to mention the other one that is now on the block, and uh, he just actually had on Eric Lizon, but that is five and a game, and that is Jordan. Um, and I know I, he was on Darren's show, and that's another episode I have to go back and listen to. Like I said, I've, I have, I think, almost all of Joe's podcasts to catch up on, and probably the past six or seven podcasts, or maybe maybe even close to ten with Darren, because, of course, he does two episodes a week. Um, it's, like, it's just been all over the place with, you know, being sick and then going to going to Florida for the holiday. Um, but, of course, yeah, that is Jordan with a five in a game, and he kind of covers exclusively the Quebec Major Junior League or, like, Quebec tough guys. And so, of course, Eric Lizon came up through there, and I know he played in the LNH at the, at the later half of his career. Um, so I'm looking forward to listening to that as well. Sorry, I can already tell I'm getting out of breath now. This is already, you know, seven minutes in here, and I'm like, holy shit. So I apologize. I'm going to try to keep this short, but... Um, I actually got a decent amount of stuff to talk about. So how short it's actually going to be, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so go check out Jordan. And he's been posting a bunch of old uh, Quebec Junior League fights and everything on his Instagram. Again, that's five in a game. Um, I'm actually going to give it after this. I'll give it a shout out on Instagram and hopefully get some people to go follow. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, the more the merrier. This stuff's dying. Um, gets less and less every year. So uh, the more the merrier the way I see it. And it's, uh, you know, people were, I, I think if you're a fight fan and you're doing a podcast, you got to be pretty passionate about it because it's such a niche hobby, right? So, um, and all, that's part of the reason why I kind of stopped doing the, the podcast. I won't say stop doing, but I, my episodes have been so sporadic, but I'll get to that here in a second. Um, but yeah, so that's five in a game. It's found on all major podcast platforms. And I think he actually just signed with the Hockey Podcast Network. So congratulations to you, Jordan, on signing with them. Um, looking forward to seeing what the future holds for your show. And uh, keep posting some great videos. And I was very passionate about the Quebec League. And like I said, I've had private, con- uh, private conversation with him. I was going to have him on the show forever ago. And it was in the process of like moving and everything like that. So it just it just never came to fruition. Um, and unfortunately, so at least uh, it's probably better he was on Darren's show anyway. Because my dumb ass wouldn't have been able to probably produce a good interview if I fucking tried right now. So, um no, Jordan, I appreciate you, uh, you know, reaching out to me way back in the day, but I'm glad you got your own show. So best of luck to you, and I will be tuning in, and I hope uh, any of my listeners uh, should tune in as well. So uh, best of luck to you, Jordan. But moving on, we'll kind of, uh, you know, I'll get to kind of what the meat and potatoes of this episode is about. Is about. Um, obviously, it's a brand new year, and I'm going to kind of get into what the future holds for the podcast, uh, reasons for my sporadic releasing of episodes, and uh, also, actually, a few weeks back, right before I left for vacation, I was going to try to do an episode. I just couldn't quite find time for it as we were moving and we had so so many moving parts and we were just, I had so many job sites trying to, um, uh, two or three job sites that we were trying to just button up right before we left. So, unfortunately, never got to it. But I did ask um, fans way back uh, a few weeks ago on Instagram, uh, some Q&A questions, and I actually got some pretty good ones. So um, I don't have anything pre-planned. I'm just going to kind of go off the cuff with them, but that'll be uh, towards the back half of this episode. Um, So yeah, we will get to some of those here in a little bit, but basically I'll kind of go over what the future holds for the podcast. Oh, and I want to talk about some happenings with the ECHL as well. So uh, yeah, but the main part I'll get into here is to kind of why the podcast has been kind of so sporadic with um, with with episode releases, and um, I got nobody to blame but myself for it, obviously. But basically, um, you know, everything that happened with the ECHL taking down my YouTube channel, um, I tried to be gung ho about it, 
And the, like after a week or two, like I was, I was really hyped for it. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do my own thing. Um, I'll get fan footage. Um, I realized how hard it is to actually get fan footage. And you'd be surprised how many fights just don't get recorded in games. And I, I guess it's weird for me because, of course, at the Everblades games, unless it happened very quick and it was a one quick two punch and then, you know, the guys fell down. For the most part, if I was at the games, I mean, I was there like phone in hand at all times, um, just waiting to push record, basically. Um, excuse me. Sorry. As we go, as I talk about with the sniffles, let me get a quick sip of water here. Like I said, fucking dying over here. Um, but as you know, being, being the fight fan and the nerd I am, I was always ready to go with the, the hitting the record button and capturing a fight. So... It, it's you'd be surprised how many people you add like because I'm part of certain ECHL groups and you know fan groups and there's certain like certain ones though obviously the more attendance you have the more likely you are to catch fights and I've had certain like there's certain people now that like they know for a fact I'm looking to catch fight footage so they they're on it and I, those people out there um like Harry Roundtree Mike Bauer ECHL Madness on Instagram catching stuff out in Adirondack. Excuse me. Um, I mean, those guys are on it and they're trying to get me footage and it's awesome. Same with Brian or Ryan down in Florida. Um, you know, I got stuff, but like basically without those guys, I mean, that's only, you know, I got a couple leagues in there. Get stop. Um, sorry, folks. Again, crazy. I got to deal with crazy dog here by myself. It's hard, hard to do when the wife's not here, but I find it. I get to kind of talk and I don't have to worry about how loud I'm being or anything like that in case the wife has a work call. Um, but obviously, those are only, you know, four, maybe five franchises. So, like, I, I'll be honest, folks, for the West Coast uh, or for, like, you know, the Western Conference, and this is like, you know, Toledo, Fort Wayne, Cincinnati, aside from, well, actually, I got Mike out in Cincinnati who's captured a couple and, you know, he's been kind enough to send me some. Um, but a lot of those teams like Idaho, uh, Utah, shit like that, I, I mean, I can't get anything, so... Um, it's just been really frustrating. It's been disheartening, I guess. And it's been a real, I, for lack of a better term, a kick in the dick. Uh, and I've just kind of, it, it just made me lose my passion for it. And it made me lose my, obviously the podcast is centered around fighting, the fi- fighting aspect of hockey for the fans who dropped the gloves and the people or for the fans, for the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Um, I'm sure there's a few fans that dropped the gloves, uh, you know, in the stands after a few too many, uh, dollar beer nights or whatever. But, um, yes, Gates, there's stuff up here. Jesus, this dog. Um, but it just kind of made me lose my passion for it. And on top of that, if you've noticed now the past two episodes, two or three, I think, um, I am no longer a part of six pack coverage and I'm not going to go into too much detail with it, but it, it was just like very lackluster relationship, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. And I'd always try to pump their tires and mention it before the podcast, but when there's nothing shown in return and it's like, I, what are we doing here? Um, I'm not saying like, it's not even just about uh, making money. That's not even it at all. It's just a lack of other things. But I'm like I said, I'm not here to get any, any beef going or anything. Like, you know, I wish all the best for six pack coverage and what they're doing and what their vision is. And it was clear kind of what, what direction they were going to go. And I just don't think there's room for me. So I just didn't, you know, my contract was up after a year. And I don't think anything really changed from when I signed to when <laughs> where I'm at now. So uh, I didn't see the point in signing another contract, and nor was I offered another contract. So I think it's um, it's 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 clear to see where what direction they're going, and I'm not a part of it, and that's perfectly fine. But 
Um, you know, it was just disheartening. You know, it was like a snowball effect, you know, and then I was at the same time I'm going to work. And we're getting jobs, and it's great because I got jobs going on. It keeps keeps food on my table, and uh, you know keeps keeps the wife and I happy in the house and a roof over our head. But you know they're two hours away, and I would be doing that for all day. So I get up first thing in the morning, drive two hours, then come back, sit in traffic, drive two hours back here. Um, the last thing I want to do is do a podcast, but. Um, I, after realizing it for a bit, it's just me being fucking lazy was what it comes down to, to be completely honest. So, um, I'm going to do a better job of that. And I, I've already made a mental note to, I'm, I'm going to take time out no matter what. And it just, it's one episode a week, whether it's, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, I, I could take that out of the day. It's really not that hard. It's just a matter of, you know, getting motivation to do it and actually having topics, but I can kind of make my own topics as we go as the beauty of the show and being a show host, I guess. But, um, I just, I, my, my passion for podcasting at the time has been on the back burner and it's just been low. And I, you know, I, I've kind of was very much, I mentioned it to maybe Darren or like alluded to it with Jay, stuff like that. But I, I haven't really been public with it. I say public as if it's a big fucking deal. as if anybody gives a shit, you know, I know it's a couple hundred of you assholes listening, right? Um, but I just I didn't have any motivation to do it, and I still had I had plenty of messages from people, uh, you know, saying how much they enjoy the show, and it's a lot of ECHL fans, and it sucks because there's no I I, I couldn't post ECHL fights as much. It's just like this. If you notice on the channel, it is the same teams that I'm posting. I, it's hard for me to get footage of, and even in like the the upper upper part of the Eastern Conference, you know, the Maine Mariners, uh, Worcester Railers, you know, stuff like that, or the, especially like the Trois Rivières the lions up and up there in three rivers up in Quebec, you know, how am I going to get footage of that shit? Right. Um, so it was, I, I'd get messages and it'd be great. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then I feel so bad. I'm like, I, I, I just, I feel like I'm just letting you guys fucking down because I can't post any fights. And I, I get it. It's not like that big of a deal really. Um, but to me it was, it's, it was a passion project of being able to upload all those ECHL fights and everything like that. Um, and what I think it came down to with the league was, uh, here's what, so I, you know, I, and I was messaging John on the hockey fight league about this today. Um, and kind of, you know, just laughing. I was like, this is my conspiracy theory with the league. You know, I know they came out and made the, um, you know, made the statement about posting. You can't post fight videos or whatever. Here's the thing, folks. There are so other than my channel, I know that there was, you know, mine was probably the main one. I get it. But there were there are so many other YouTube channels out there that have fights posted. I mean, you look at that Gens 95 and it's like ECHL crazy moments. It's like one point something million views. You think the league doesn't know about that? So I think what it was was they were kind of turning a blind eye to everything. But unfortunately, and I, I was telling John, I said, I shouldn't have fucking posted. I went back and forth on it because it was, I know it's a black eye on the league and the, you know, ECHL doesn't want that. Um, and it was the Robidoux incident, uh, with the fan. It was Allen in Wichita, I believe if I recall. And that was the video that got the channel flagged. And, um, after that, the ECHL was like, okay, well, then we're going to take everything else down. So I think it was like, what I think is, um, if I post fight videos, it might be fine. 
But if I post stuff that's kind of controversial, like like Robodeau actually just had a, a knee on knee collision and he suspended indefinitely again. Actually, it was kind of fucking brutal. I mean, sticks his knee out; it's like blatantly a knee. Um, and typically, I'll try to defend that. You know, I, I defend the tough guys, obviously, on the podcast. But yeah, uh, you, you might. He honestly might be kicked out of the league. I don't know because I'm sure the the front office is kind of fed up with dealing with Michael Robodeau. Um, it's unfortunate because I think, you know, he's a rough and tumble player, but just crosses the line one too many times here. Um, but like, so like, I can't post stuff like that. And I posted it because I had people asking, can you post the robot post the robot incident? And, you know, okay, cool. You know, and that was the video that got flagged and that's what kind of kickstarted the whole ECHL shutting down the channel. Um, and so one sec here, folks, again, breathing issues. Um, holy shit. Short-winded over here. Um, but that was kind of the main issue. Don't mind Gates over there. Good Lord. I'm sure you heard that. Uh, but that was the main issue as to kind of why the league was like, okay, now we got to shut it down if we're going to start posting suspensions and stuff like that. Um, so I get it. Uh, I will say this, and I'm not going to say I'm going to post uh, broadcast footage again, but all I'll say is if you go back on my YouTube channel that I have now and check my last post, it may or may not be a test post for something. So we will see what happens. Um, and either way, I've told myself as well that this time around, I'm going to back up a lot of stuff um, onto a Google Drive and maybe make a disc about it at the fucking end of the year so I can actually have all the fights compiled together, I guess. Because um, it's again, this is hockey history we're missing out. And I, I had so many people reach out to me whether it was players or fans or even play, I had players, family members, like parents reached out to me because that was their kids footage. And a lot of the times they couldn't, they, they wouldn't get to see their footage all the time. Um, so, you know, that was their way of seeing their kids stuff. And it was unfortunate. And I, I still think the ECHL is wrong for it, regardless if it's copyrighted material or not, if it's copyrighted, fine, claim copyright on all, all, all you want, but don't take the channel down. I would think you just copyright it. And just make sure that they can't make money off of it. That makes more sense to me because it's still the only league out there that does not have that, that has that policy. ECHL is the only one that won't let you post any of their stuff. Um, and I saw someone kind of allude to it and said, I, my buddy dealt with this a while back. And I haven't actually haven't heard from this. It was like one time interaction on Twitter. It's like, oh, well, the ECHL doesn't want to promote violence and this is that. And they want to, it's a family atmosphere. I'm like, you know, I was, I, I kind of just you know, left it at that or whatever. Cause it was kind of getting nowhere with him. Cause I was explaining why everything was kind of stupid. And it's like, well, yeah, but this and that you're not going to win with them. I sure I might not win with them, but you know, to say they don't want to promote violence. Well, um, I will say I have noticed a lot of the teams now after my channel getting taken out. Cause I follow all the teams on, on social media. I have noticed that they have posted a lot more fights. So to say they don't want to promote violence. I mean, teams are still posting their fights. I had the, I think it was at the Indy and the Indy fuel follow the podcast now. And they were, they loved, and they commented on the, the double KO video. Um, so to say that they, they're not going to try to promote violence. Eh, I, why are the teams posting the fights then if they're not going to promote violence? Right. Um, so, and it's not every fight. I've noticed they don't post every single fight. So there's still stuff missing out there. Um, and this is all just on Twitter and Instagram. I think on their YouTube, it's very still lackluster. And I know I'll even check right now just for shits and gigs, uh, to see the last time flow hockey posted something or the ECHL. Cause that's also, it's like, how do you promote your league when you don't post anything, even on your damn social media? 
the last time Flow Hockey ever, uh, you know, posted something on their YouTube was six months ago. So how can you promote your league if that's the case? And I'll look at just ECHL, see if I can find uh, something there. Oh, shocker. Look at that ECHL crazy moment, which is the first thing that comes up. Uh, by the way, 1.1 million views, and that's all fights and craziness going on. Um, let me see. I don't even know if the ECHL has a fucking YouTube channel. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's ECHL week. That's right. Forgot about them. And they'll post sporadically uh, video one month ago, three months ago, three months, four months, five months, six months. Six, seven, seven, seven. Um, so it's just like, how are you promoting your league, right? Um, so I think what it was was the fact that, one, I think it's mostly a flow sports issue, to be honest. But at the same time, I think they were turning a blind eye to the channel because there's no way they didn't know that this channel existed. I promise you that. There's just no way they didn't uh, with how many views I got on certain things. And, you know, if their PR department was... Fuck, half <laughs> half smart. Then they, you know, would have seen the the stuff posted. And of course, it was like the Nico Blatchman, Travis House stuff, the Jacob Panetta, Jordan Subban thing going on. Um, and I had a bunch of different different other fights. You know, the Travis Howe and Cal Newber saga does very well actually on YouTube because people people want to see the heavyweights. And it was John kind of telling me too that uh, you know it seems like there's not as much hype around the league this year. Just because and again, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all ECHL guru. There's plenty of other channels out there, but I don't think anybody was putting it a, putting a spotlight on it like I did. Um, so when I when I, I kind of had to stop that because I, as I talked, if you if you go back a few episodes. The uh, the ECHL like season preview, man, I was so pumped for this season. Um, I was so hyped to watch this damn South Division because of how tough it is, and it still is a tough division. But even after every once everything happened, man, it took all the wind out of my sails. And even watching the games, I didn't watch ECHL hockey, even though I have I bought the damn Flow subscription, of course, for the season. I didn't watch ECHL hockey for the better of I don't know two three weeks. Um. I wasn't watching any hockey, so it's just I, I my my passion for hockey as a whole. Once it happened, whether I, and I try to be like I said, gung ho about it, but it just really was just a fucking kick in the dick. So I apologize for lack of lack of content. I just didn't want to talk hockey at all. I just didn't care. Um, but you know, going through it now and after I've let it settle for a couple weeks, and you know, after I took my ball and went home, I think I'm ready to come play outside with everybody again. So. Um, Going forward, I would like to still be doing this podcast once a week, and I'm going to make more of a conscious effort to do that. And I, I, to the people that actually care about the podcast, I appreciate it. Um, I know, like I said, it's been very lackluster. I know, uh, you know, Darren has checked in on me, Jay as well. So thank you guys. I appreciate you guys checking in. Um, all is well, and of course I've told them, but all is well. Just you know, had to kind of regroup and. Uh, rethink some things and kind of find my passion for everything again. And it's still a little low, but we'll see. I, I, I hope, excuse me. I, I think me, this, uh, this little test thing I'm doing on YouTube right now, maybe help, it might help re- revive the channel. So, uh, cause I know there's still also another channel out there. And I'm not going to name what the channel is, but posting some older ish ECHL fights, but this is stuff from like 2016, 2017. Um, and I, I believe that channel is still up to my knowledge. Um, so I will uh, have to look at that. But 
that's basically kind of what's been going on, folks. And I apologize. I know you rambled on it. If that, I hope that made sense to everybody. I really hope it did. Um, but that's kind of what's been going on with the channel. So, uh, but before we get into the Q and A, I want to touch on a topic. And this is, of course, as you folks know, and if you listen to the season preview, the newest team in the ECHL this year is the Savannah Ghost Pirates of Georgia. And they're in the South Division. They play with the, you know, the Gladiators, Solar Bears, Everblades, Icemen, um, Swamp Rabbits, and Stingrays. And that's the, I think that's the whole South Division. I think I covered it all. So, um, you know, I, I I've seen the the them play a little bit more because simply I've, that's been the division I'm watching because it's got the tougher folks in it. Um, and of course now with Savannah, they so Nico Blatchman, uh, friend of the podcast, and I, I'd like to consider him a friend of mine now at this point. Um, you know, started the year off with Allen and has moved over to Savannah. So Savannah, I, I'm going to put it bluntly, they're not that great of a team. I, well, let me take that back. They're not performing well. How good of a team they are, I don't know, because I don't know all the goal scorers and everything like that. I know it sounds <laughs> bad, but, um, you know, they're not doing very well. In fact, they've been on a pretty big losing streak, I believe. Um, but Nico has now played in seven games. So... I saw someone post, and this is the the Savannah Ghost Pirates group on Facebook, like the the fan group, which has just been an absolute gong show, uh, by the way. Just people just, I mean, people will bitch about anything. Um, and this is, it's not just, it's, this is all fan bases, of course, doesn't it? but I think Savannah being new, everybody kind of new to hockey around there. Um, it's like, you know, holy shit, like what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Like, I saw somebody in the Orlando group the other day bitching about chugging beer on the Jumbotron. It's like, fuck, you're at a hockey game. Come on now. Um, but <laughs> that's besides the fact. The um, Savannah Ghost Pirates, you know, the, the fans are kind of new and what have you. And I saw someone post on there, well, I don't like this Nico Blatchman guy. He's, you know, always, he's taking bad penalties. He doesn't do much for the team. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay. So and I went in and I looked and I said, let me see what bad penalties he's taken. And so what I took into account here was the, the, so basically how I based it was just, this is penalties to put the team down in terms of being on the penalty kill. So this is, you know, slashing, tripping, hooking, roughing, interference, blah, 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 blah. You know, the, the, the minor infraction penalties. We're not talking about fighting where it's still even or misconducts because the 10 minute misconduct, he's just kicked out and, you know, it still puts the team down, I guess. But at the same time, uh, they're not on the penalty kill. So in his time there, he's had seven games. Well, uh, well, last game he just had, which was actually the game was an absolute gong show between Atlanta and Savannah. It was actually really fun to watch. It was just, it got out of hand and it was, it was, it was some bad blood. That's going to be one of the best rivalries in the ECHL. Aside from that game, this, this was before that he had played six games for the ghost pirates in those six games. He had eight penalty minutes and you know, it was roughing tripping, cross-checking, whatever, eight penalty minutes in those six games that he played. Mind you, he also scored his first professional goal. So, Nico, I know you're fucking listening. Congratulations on your first goal, um, and I hope you pop many more this season. And on top of that, he had a couple fights. I think he's already had three or four fights, I think. Um, and I know I, this was after he took the – unfortunately, Nico caught one from Josh Thrower, which there's no shame in that. Uh, as I, I told him, and Jeremy Yablonski has said, if you never lost a fight, you're not fighting the right people. Um, and I mean, that's coming from Jeremy Yablonski. You want to talk about one of the best enforcers to ever fucking do it. Go go fall, fall down the Jeremy Yablonski rabbit hole. You'll be entertained for fucking hours. Um, but 
you know, unfortunately he caught that. And I think that was what it was because because he, he lost a fight. Oh, okay. The fourth line of lost a fight. Well, sorry, you're not going to win them all. That's just how it goes. No matter what you do, you're never going to win all your fights. Bob Probert lost fights. And again, I'm not comparing Nico Blashman to Bob Probert. Please don't construe or misconstrue my words there. What I'm saying is, if you're in that role, no matter what you do, eventually you're going to get fucking tagged. It's just how it goes. It's the nature of the beast. It comes with the fucking territory of doing the job. So, again, he takes bad penalties. He puts us down. He's not a good fighter. Blur, 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 blur. Whatever. Again, eight penalty minutes. You know how much the rest of the team took in those six games that Nico was there? 46. 46 fucking penalty minutes. And that, again, also taking account into that, that is not including team fighting majors, uh, 10 minutes conduct. So, like, you know, let's say Darian Skio has a fighting major. I didn't include that in there. This is just 46 penalty minutes together as a whole for the team. The team in the last 12 games before Nico was there has been 11 and fucking 12. Or, excuse me, 11. 1 and 12. Or 1 and 11. One of the two. There might be 1 and 12 now at this point. Um, but somehow, Nico Blatchman is the problem with the team. It always goes back to it. Somehow it's always the fucking fourth liners fault for whatever reason. It's all never mind the other fucking 17 guys on the damn roster who haven't scored. Uh, no, it's just Nico Blatchman needs to go. He's the problem with the team. Mind you, they also as an, as a team. And again, I'm not trying to sit here and dunk on Savannah. They're a new team. They're trying to figure it out. And I'm sure Savannah fans. And again, this isn't all fans saying this. It's just this one fan. But it's just how it's just it's the tiresome fucking narrative that it's always the fourth liners fault. And it's just blah, 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 blah. It's, they can't do any good. Uh as a team, they averaged in those six, or was it in the six? Did I average at those six? I think it was those six games that Nico played in. I can't remember. Sorry, now my math's all fucked up. But either way, they were averaging 42 fucking shots against. How are you going to win if you're letting 42 pucks get to your goalie? You think a couple of those aren't going to go in every once in a while? But how is that Nico's fault? Kick him off the team, I guess, right? Surely it's his fault those 42 shots are the game are getting through. Like, fuck's sake. It's just a tired narrative. Well, and if it was a UFC and this was scored as a UFC fight, Nico wouldn't get the decision in his fights either. Well, guess what, motherfucker? It's not the UFC. Like, th that was your argument? You want to score this as a fucking UFC fight? It's a hockey fight, numbnuts. Why the fuck would you score it like a UFC fight? And the principle of a hockey fight isn't always to win either. And to sit there and say Nico's gotten dummy. No, fuck. He had a great fight versus uh, Gulka or Gulka, however you want to pronounce it from uh, South Carolina. Fox Spit and Chicklets reposted that shit. It was a great fight. He did awesome in that one. He got tagged by Josh Thrower. Josh Thrower has tagged many fucking guys. Josh Thrower is a veteran in this shit, and he's a heavyweight, and he's one of the best in the league. I would put him in the top 10 of all time. Every single fight Nico goes into, he's given up size. You have a guy on your team. Sure, he might not be the best puck handler, might not be the greatest fucking goal scorer. You have 17 other guys on the roster for that shit. This guy's going out there, putting his well-being on the line, giving his heart and soul for the team, bleeding for the fucking ghost pirate crest out there, going up against one of the best in the league. Yeah, he gets tagged. Oh, kick him off the team. He lost in the UFC decision. You're a fucking goof. You are a fucking goof. And this, I'm not just trying to dunk on Savannah fans. This is this has just been a tale of, like, as old as time. Oh, well, this guy wasn't that good because you didn't win that many fights. That's not the principle of a hockey fight. You have guys going out there giving your well-being on the line, trying to get the crowd going, get the boys going, and try to turn the tide of games. Because clearly, 
it's not like it was Nico's fault before he got there as to why the fuck you were losing. But now all of a sudden it's Nico's fault that you're losing. Shut the fuck up. And it's the same thing on other teams, too. I've seen it with certain Florida fans. Oh, well, it's Nuber's fault. Blur, blur, blur. Oh, yeah, it's Nuber's fault. Okay. Again, never mind you the other 17 people. Like, Jesus Christ. It's just... It's so mind-numbing. And people think that... Like, <laughs> it went on to go into detail about Nico's penalties. I said, yes, it's kind of what I told you, that he had eight PIMs in, in these games. Yes, I wasn't including the fighting majors. And neither was the rest of the team. So apparently his eight PIMs were really costing the team, but not the other 46 fucking penalty minutes the rest of the team was, you know, taken. Um... So, enlighten me. How is it Blatchman's fault? And it's just, it's just, it's always the fourth liner's problem for some reason. No matter what, it's always the scapegoat, and it always will be. And it's just such a fucking tiresome narrative. And it's so annoying. And maybe I get a little bit more fired up about it because I consider Nico a friend. Sure, my bias might be shown. Whatever. But again, this isn't, this is the same for every fucking team. It doesn't matter. Nico could go out there and win every single fucking fight and somehow it still wouldn't be enough. I've seen it before. I've seen fucking Jacksonville Iceman fans mad at Travis how he's just a goon. He's going out there winning every fight and beating the fucking doors off of everybody. You, you think people aren't going to push Jacksonville around? Guess what happened now that Howe's up in the AHL? Jacksonville's getting pushed around. Shocker. Um, but, you know, don't blame Howe if, you know, they lose. Yeah, you fucking goofs. It's just, it's and then, it's just like I don't know. Um, I'm gonna end up talking in circles here, but it's just I, I always hate seeing that shit with these fourth line guys. These dudes give their fucking well being and heart and soul for the team, and just to have some fucking jackass on social media dunk on them because oh they didn't win their fight. Oh okay, you go out and do it. Go tell me how fun it is. Go tell me how fun it is. Try to take a pregame nap before you got to play fucking Travis Howe, and you know you're probably going them. Go take a pregame nap before you're going Josh Thrower. Tell me how fun that is. Go out there, try to go toe-to-toe with Josh Thrower, end up getting tagged. Tell me how fun that is. And then as soon as you have a bad day at work like Nico did, you got to you gotta have somebody come on social media and fucking dunk on you. Yeah, real good. You fucking idiots. You can't appreciate what the fuck you have, can you? It's never enough for some fans. It never is. And it's the same thing. I've seen it with fucking Kyle Newber in Florida. And while Newber is mostly loved by many fans, I'm still, he's just, he's just not going to win versus how, how gets him every time. Who gives a shit? Just stop that fucking nonsense. The fact that he's going out there and throwing down win, lose, you support your fucking boys, especially in that role. Cause it's not the easiest role. It's the hardest fucking role in sports. I promise you. John Morasti, one of the best at it. I remember in, in the Enforcer, Pre- Enforcer Appreciation Group, somebody asked him, you know, hey, how uh, what's it like, you know, in the role? Is there is there mental things that come to it? John Morasti, if you ever go back and look at him, he is smiling, laughing, doing whatever, and the dude just genuinely left to fight. He sat there and said, before every fucking game, you can kiss your pregame nap goodbye. You are so anxious. You can't fucking eat. You can't sleep. You aren't doing shit. And John Morassi was one of the greatest and most entertaining fighters of all time. I will fucking put money on that. I promise you. And even he says that it's the hardest job in sports. And he loved to fucking fight. And I know Nico likes to fight. 
but it's still you got you got these pregame naps you got to do, and you got to you got to do pregame warmups. You got a role to do, but you still got to try to play play hockey at the same time. It is so fucking hard, and all these people just always dunk on them. It just never fucking. It's always the fourth liners just getting the shit end of the stick. Again, maybe just maybe it's the fucking forty two shots you're letting in towards your goalie. Maybe it's the other seventeen guys not scoring, but instead we'll single out the fourth liner. And again, this is just one post in Savannah. This happens across all of hockey. It doesn't matter what fucking team you're rooting for, what league. It'll never end, and it's always that way. Oh, he's just a plug. He's a duster. Shut the fuck up. you just a fucking goof. So that's all I'll say about that. It's just uh, it's just funny to see um, you know, the mentality some people have and this, the lack of self-awareness or appreciation they have for a player on their team like that. Um, so it is what it is, but I guess that will lead us to the Q and a portion as I'm almost sweating over here from just getting worked up. And I, like I said, folks, I right now with being so short of breath, I start sweat like I'm fuck motherfucker. It doesn't help that I'm a fat ass either. So there's that. Um, but we're trying to work on that too. That's another thing. I'm trying to hit the fucking gym again. Finally, I went out, and bought all my shit for the gym, and that's when I had the like like two days later got the fucking sinus infection. So, real great. Um, but here we go. So we will get into the Q and A portion of the podcast, and this comes from all Instagram. Uh, this all comes from Instagram. Um, and if you uh, have any topic you want me to discuss on the podcast, feel free to uh, drop it in the DMs uh, or email me at fiveforfightingpod at gmail um, feel free to, uh, you know, send any questions, any topics. If you have a lead on a guest, I'd love to talk to That'd be great. Um, I'd like to get more ECHL guys on during the off season. In fact, I actually spoke to Josh thrower before the season and it was just kind of, it was going to be, it was like two weeks out before the season. So I'm sure there was camp and everything going on. It was just going to be hard. So I was just like, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll link up in the off season. Don't worry about it. Um, and so that's how it is with a lot of these guys, of course, because they, you know, that's their job. Do you think they got a time to come on a fucking idiots podcast? No. Um, <laughs> so we will get into the questions here, though. Uh, Alex Payment says, favorite memory ever. Um, and, you know, I'll say, I'm assuming they're talking about strictly hockey. Obviously, my favorite memory ever. You know, it could be a whole number of different things. But specifically talking hockey, um, oh, man. Up there is really, really close. Is honestly the, uh, the Kelly Cup Finals. The last year watching the Everblades win the Cup was really cool. If I had gotten to see it in person and experience it, I think that would have been it. But... My favorite memory ever was watching the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 2004 win the Stanley Cup for the first time. I was in my grandparents' basement up in Iowa. That's where they had the big screen TV, which, of course, you know, back at the time, it was like probably like a 42-inch or like 50-inch TV, maybe. Uh, actually, fuck, back then, 04. I don't even think there was 55 inches around, maybe. Um, but, you know, whatever. It was It was 1080p with a big box behind it, you know, date myself there. Um but I remember I, I felt like I was staying up so late because, of course, I was I would have been seven years old at the time and it was starting to get down to the wire. And, of course, that was the the series they had with Calgary. And, of course, I remember that awesome fight that Vinny LeCavalier and Jerome McGinley had. You know, that's something we'll fucking never see again in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, you want to talk about the definition of being a team leader? Look at those two. Um, but. I, I remember staying up super late and when it started to really get down and, you know, two minutes, one minute, I, I called my parents, uh, well, my mother and my, my dad wasn't in the picture yet. Um, so I called my mother. She was over at my aunt and uncle's house. My aunt and uncle were the ones who really got me into hockey, um, specifically more so specifically my uncle. Um, they would always take me to quad city games back in the day. And I remember, remember calling them 
and just being so excited to see the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, and we were counting it down, and all of us were hooting and hollering and cheering on the phone because um, we'd been Tampa fans for a few years at that point because we moved to Tampa in 2000. We moved to Jacksonville in 98, my mother and I. And actually, my first hockey game I ever went to was – this is only fresh in my brain because the Jacksonville Iceman just did the Jacksonville Lizard King night uh, nights a couple – they did it for a few games. Um, but that was actually the first hockey game I ever went to in Florida was the Jacksonville Lizard Kings. Of course, I don't remember it because I would have been like three years old. But the – um, the Lightning were, you know, our new favorite team because we, we started going to games in uh, 2000. My aunt actually had a really good hookup. She worked at the Marriott Hotel where all the players stayed. And they had a deal with the Lightning because I guess, you know, that's where the players would stay before the game. Um, and a lot of the opposing team would as well. And it was the, at the time, oh, fuck, what was it called? Um, the XO Club. Now it's called the Chase Club, but the XO Club. So we got to go to uh, pretty much. We were like basically season ticket holders without being season ticket holders. We got like it was a fucking sweet hookup. It was it was the complete cake eater seats where it was like the buffet and whatever. Uh, so we were spoiled in that aspect. Um, but yeah, so we got we got literally free tickets to almost any game we wanted to a lot of the time. And we became huge Lightning fans. So getting to see them win the Stanley Cup, even though it was far away, because I would go to my grandparents every every summer at that time. Um, up in Iowa, and this was, you know, I think it would have been June when they won it. So, yeah, I remember staying up. It felt like it was super late for me because I was seven years old. So, um, getting to see them win the Stanley Cup and watch it, I mean, that's probably my favorite hockey memory. Um, I still remember, like I said, calling my my mother, my aunt and uncle at the time, and all of us just hooting and hollering on the damn on the damn telephone. So, that's probably my favorite hockey memory by far. Um, so thank you, Alex, for your question. The next question uh, from Jay McKay is most memorable fight. And uh, this this one was tough to narrow down for me. And I, I took this as memorable fight I've seen live. Um, so I guess I'll do kind of a mini top three, but there is there is one specific that sticks out. I've talked about it before on the podcast. So for one, I'll say the first fight I saw with Travis Howe and Kyle Newber last season, because that was like the resurgence, the revive of my love for hockey and enforcers. And I was like, this is like, you know, fuck, this is it. This is, this is awesome. Like I haven't seen an old school tilt like this, like, you know, buckets drop, scroll, like fucking glide out to center ice and get at her. And that was really cool to see again. And that, you know, uh, of course, that's when everything sparked up with the YouTube channel and my love for the ECHL uh, started probably right there. So I will say that one is third. Number two is a it's a great fight between David. It was a David Steckel. I think that was his name. David Steckel. But Zen and Kanopka of the Lightning. It was the year the Lightning were pretty fucking bad, but they had Kanopka. Um, it was the year the, the year he played the full season. Not I think he played a couple of games the season before. He was called up a couple of times from Syracuse. But um, when Zenon Kanopka was with the Lightning, and like I said, it was kind of a shit year. But he had a really good fight versus David Steckel in Washington, and it was like, like I mean, he event like at first he took the big shot from Steckel, and then he just took control of the fight and beat the doors off him, and the place was just going crazy because it was a blowout game, which was rare for the Lightning that season. Um, so I remember, I remember the old Ice Palace just going fucking nuts for that fight. So that was a good one. Um, but number one for me, most memorable fight has to be Andre Waugh in his return to Tampa. And if you follow Tampa or, you know, you follow the tough guys, uh, well, actually I encourage you to go back and check out the Andre Waugh interview. I had a phenomenal interview. Um, 
But he went to Pittsburgh uh, for a, a year, once a season and a half, I think. And then he ended up coming back to Florida because uh, they traded him to Pittsburgh. And then they, they realized well, they had to backpedal because they really realized they were lacking toughness after that. So they brought Andre Wall back in and he fought Andrew Peters, big boy from Buffalo. And it wasn't a barn burner or anything like that. It wasn't Tasker Sen, nor was it like the greatest fight ever. But you could score in the UFC de- in the UFC decision, as you know, Savannah fan fucking sixty nine has talked about. Um, you'd score the window wall, but the place was just going crazy for him at the time because Andre Wall was you know hometown hero for for Tampa at the time. That was their tough guy. They loved him, and the whole place first off just going, we want Wall. We want wall like the whole like the whole fucking ice palace just chanting that, um, and for those I say ice palace, um, it's like the mark of the Quad Cities. How although they did finally revert back to the mark, so that's cool. Whoever the company is that owned it uh, or owns it now or sponsors it, um, but the ice palace is what the Lightning Arena used to be named before. It was then it became like the St. Pete Times Forum and Tampa Bay Times and then the fucking Amelie that it is now, but. I say Ice Palace because that's what I remember. I always thought that was the coolest fucking name when I was a kid because I'm, you know, a nerd. Uh, but so the whole Ice Palace is just going, we want one. And then he finally gets on and, I mean, immediately just goes over to Andrew Peters. And they drop the gloves. And again, was it a great, the, the, the greatest fight ever? No. But he ends up scoring, you know, the decision to wah or whatever. Whole place just going crazy. And it was like, you know, we got our guy back. This is it. Like, it felt, it just felt good. And he stayed on the team for, I think, another season or two after that. And it just felt good to have wah back in, in a Tampa uniform. So I remember that like it was yesterday. Cause I mean, the, the hype and the animal, like, oh, I almost get goosebumps just talking about it now. It was just so fucking awesome to see that. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed that one with Andre Wah and Andrew Peters. So. The other one, whoops, excuse me. Uh, so thank you, Jay McKay, for that question. The next one comes from Weeb's Window Cleaning. <laughs> Great co- company sounding out the, uh, or sending in the questions here. I like it. it. says, have you yourself been in the tilt on the ice? If so, how did it go? Well, if you go back and if you've ever listened to the very, very, very first episode I did with Darren, I think we were both just pissed drunk by the end of it. Fucking terrible content, by the way. And um, my part, probably, Darren probably sounds great, but that was back when I first started. I would swear, I, not like I'm a, a saint now with my swearing, but I mean, I'd swear every other sentence just because I was nervous behind a microphone for whatever reason. Um, but I talk about it and I have been in one hockey fight in my life and it was horrible for me. I didn't land a single punch, and I am 99% sure I had a concussion after it. It was basically a pickup game of hockey. I, uh, my, so, growing up in the lovely town of Land Lakes, Florida, there was no ice rink. Actually, actually what's funny now, uh, as soon as I graduated high school and left for the Marine Corps, the entire, or like, they have, like, one of the biggest rinks in like South or like central Florida now, if not, I think it might be the biggest, it's got like five rinks in it now. And that's in Wesley chapel, which is like 20 minutes North, but we had to, we had to travel to go play hockey. I had a buddy who um, was like, you want to go play in a pickup game? I said, sure. Why not? You know, it'd be fun. And, you know, he came over and uh, he had extra equipment. I didn't have any equipment at the time, but he played hockey his for his whole, whole life pretty much. Um, until we moved to Land Lakes because then everything stopped. But he would still go to – there's certain rinks you get about a 30, 45-minute drive to or whatever. So we went to one, and it was basically a pickup game of hockey. Well, there was a guy uh, – let's see, I was six, 15 or 16 at the time. I wanted – I might have been – this. it was definitely in the summer, so I might have turned 16 at this point. I was One of the two. But this dude was probably 
about the same age, if not maybe 17 or whatever. We're playing. He's just being a fucking douche, like going up, spraying the goalie with snow over and over. Like it was funny the first time or whatever. <laughs> but then you could tell he was just going super like try hard mode or whatever. And he snowed the goalie again. And you could tell the goalie was just getting pissed. And so I remember just looking at him and was like, dude, what the fuck's your deal? Like we're playing pickup hockey here. Um, and he kind of looks at me and was just like, oh, what are you going to do? And I jokingly was like, oh, yeah, you want to go? <laughs> Well, of course, fucking try hard McGee took that as, yeah, we're fucking going. And before I know it, um, my gloves are off. I'm not, I, I, I don't think I was even able to grab a hold of them. Um, and I got absolutely piss pumped. Um, and again, I was very short for my time in high school. I didn't hit my growth spurt till I was probably 20 or probably 19. Cause I, I was still kind of, sh- actually no closer to the Marine Corps. Yeah. So probably 18, 19, um, was winning because before in high school, I mean, fuck, I was always like five, uh, maybe five, eight, five, nine. So I was never big. And this dude was fucking huge compared to me. I mean, at the time, he looked like a fucking giant. He was probably just, you know, six, six foot, maybe five, eleven. I'm six, one now. But I mean, I just got fucking piss pumped. Dude just had the lawnmower going on me. Um, somehow, miraculously, I didn't break anything on my face, but I'm, I had a headache for, you know, two, three days afterwards, uh, 99% sure I had a concussion. Thank God. I was kind of able to cover my face a little bit with like my forearm. And so where he was punching was mostly my forehead. Um, and thank God, because if I had a black eye or something, my mom would have been pissed. Cause I totally snuck out to go play a pickup game of hockey. Um, and long story short, dude completely ended up getting banned because I, you know, and I, I think they ended up like, and nothing came of like charges or anything like that. Cause I, I was just scared. I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like I gotta, uh, my mom can't know I was here. <laughs> so totally ended up getting piss pumped in a lovely game of pickup hockey out in one of the rinks in Florida. But that is how my one fight in hockey has ever gone. I've never, I've never been really been close to a fight again. Um, and beer league, of course, well, tempers flare a little bit. There's been one time I talked to a goof and he was just like, you know, he had the fucking, the full, it was the bubble with the half cage on the bottom. And I was just like, you're like, quit, just, just quit being a jackass basically. Um, and nothing there. He's oh, you want to go? I was like, no, motherfucker. It's Wednesday night. No, we're not going. Stop. <laughs> like, um, so nothing ever came with that, but yeah, weebs window cleaning. There you go. That is how my only on ice fight ever went. And, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, I guess next time it, uh, goes a little bit better my way if that ever happens again, which hopefully it doesn't, but yet here we are. Um, <laughs> so there you have it. My one on ice, uh, fight. And that is how it went. Next one to BK Sandman. Uh, is Dave Brown the most overrated enforcer to play to, uh, excuse me, overrated enforcer to ever play long story short? No. Um, I think what hurts Dave Brown and his, the reason he probably can't, I, I can't put him on the top is I will say with Dave Brown. A lot of the times, if you hit, if he took a really good shot, um, like he took one with Rob Ray. Um, I think he had a really good one. I, I think, uh, Jim kite, Excuse me, stuck it to him one time, and I'd have to go back and look at the footage. But what, if you stuck him and you kind of stunned Dave Brown, the fight was kind of over. Like he he didn't want to throw after that, so I think that's what kind of goes down. Um, but I mean, that's just strictly talking fighting. He was still a great fighter, you know, a deadly lefty, obviously. Um, and I don't think it, that being said, it's not like he was a shitty fighter at all either. But uh, as terms of enforcing, um, ooh, 
I think I have Dave Brown at number three all time for enforcers with McSorley at number one and Probert at number two. And what I mean by that is not strictly, sorry about that, uh, is not fighting ability. It's strictly talking about the element of being an enforcer, protecting teammates, crossing lines when you had to. And if you want to talk about crossing lines, fucking Dave Brown would do it. Um, and of course, you know, like I said, McSorley, Probert, and Dave Brown. Turbo Ben Wilson in there too. All like all four of those guys, you could it probably interchange them for who's the greatest in like at enforcing. Um, but I think I got McSorley at number one. But Dave Brown is an enforcer. Oof, no, uh, not overrated at all. I I'd still score him at number three for sure. Uh, ask uh, Ask Sandstrom how how good of an enforcer Dave Brown was. Um, an enforcer back then was someone who if you had to cross the line and you could caught a suspension for it. Um, you'd still do it. And Dave Brown had no problems taking a suspension and crossing lines there. So um, I do not think Dave Brown is overrated as an enforcer whatsoever. Um, this guy here. Uh, oh, I know this guy. He's uh, He's been actually following the YouTube channel and he uh, has been following the podcast for a minute. I think he's actually an Iowa Heartlanders fan, um, but it's West Lake Caden. Uh, your top five enforcers of the last 15 years. Oh, man, going off the cuff here, because like I said, I didn't do any list or anything. I want this to kind of be more organic as I go off or like, you know, I didn't prearrange anything. I kind of look at the questions a little bit, kind of get an idea, but nothing. I don't have anything written down. Top five and forces of 15 years. So what was what is 15 years ago now at this point? Holy shit. We are in 2023. Um, so that way, I mean, 2008, there's still some heavies rolling around by 2008. Um, what year did Bugard stop playing? I gotta look this up now, Derek Bugard, because he's definitely gonna be up there. I want to say he played till 2010, 2011 maybe, 10, 11. Okay, uh, he had the last two years with Minnesota and the Rangers, maybe. Um, I will say probably number one for sure though, Brian McGratton, just because he did it for so long, and he uh, he didn't lose many. Brian McGratton was fucking scary. Um, I think I will throw Bugard in there just because he still had, I mean, he still had a great, great bounce while he was with New York. Um, and we're talking the last 15 years. I know that's, you know, kind of circa 2008, but I, I look at it more as like kind of like the, the 2010s ish. Cause I, I can't really count it. So that 2010 to 2020, cause really, I mean, who you, I, I guess you could say Reeves now, maybe throw Reeves in there. Um, now I'm trying to think of who else was around at that point because that was really when things started kind of, kind of dying down. You could throw Brashear in there because Brashear still played. Uh, I would honestly say though another one for sure, Colt Nor, definitely Colt Nor. Um, so I'll, I'll say I'll say McGratton, Bugard, or I'll actually I'll because of longevity I'll put Or in front of Bugard. So I'll go McGratton or Bugard. Um, I'll I'll throw Reeves in. I know people might not like it just because he's still kind of doing the role today and is one of the last remaining to kind of carry that torch. So I will say I'll, I'll throw I'll throw um, uh, Reeves in there. And I think the last guy and I maybe it's just because it's fresh on my mind from Darren covering him in the episode. But Thornton, man, uh, the fight card he had in the NHL. And when did he stop playing? I know he ended his career with the Florida Panthers. Um, this is, of course, Sean Thornton we're talking about. Um, and I know he won the cup with uh, Boston. Michael Haley maybe can get a nod. Matt Martin maybe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he he played. Yeah, okay, yeah. 
That's oh, that's fucking perfect for his NHL time. That's right, I forgot. Yeah, he won the cup with Anaheim, then won the cup of Boston. Um, but he played up until 2017. His first full season in the NHL was really was half season when he finally got called up was uh, 06 07 with the Ducks, and after that he played up until 2016 2017. So I'll say yeah, I'll say Sean Thornton, man. Um, I'm down with Sean Thornton, and actually that I'm thinking about it, I'll take Reeves out. Reeves will be the honorable mention. I will throw in Chris Neal. Again, that maybe it's because he's fresh in my brain. He's getting his number retired. But, I mean, fuck, man. The dude's just, just a battler. And he did it for so many years. And I was glad to see his number getting fi- finally getting retired with the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators. So, that's the list. I will say, um, excuse me, I will say Brian McGratton, Colt Noor, Derek Bugard, Sean Thornton, and Chris Neal, those would be my top five. And again, there might have been people tougher or whatever, but that's especially. I mean, fuck, you go back, you look at Sean Thornton's fight card; it is insane. I know Darren talked about it, and maybe that's why my bias is showing for Sean Thornton. But his fight card was bar none one of the best fight cards you will see. Just insane. Um, but George Larocque was kind of on the later half of his career. Brashear was, and I, I almost want to throw Jansen in there as an honorable mention too. Cam, oh, Cam Jansen, wham bam, thank you, Cam. Um, now that I'm looking it up, um, let me see. When did George LaRoe? He might have stopped playing back in maybe, uh, I want to say 2011, 2012, when he was in Montreal. Let me see here. Oh, 9, 10. Okay, yeah, so he really couldn't have qualified. Okay, I, would, I, was, I thought so. Yeah, so he couldn't have qualified. All right. I, yeah, I think that's the list. Well, McGrath or Bugard. Fucking Thornton and Neil. Those are the main five. So thank you, Westlake Caden, for the question. Those are the five I choose for the greatest enforcers in the past 15 years. Um, So there you have it, folks. Holy shit, I had a solo episode almost go an hour. Well, by the time I get done with all this fun, happy horse shit, it will be an hour. So um, I appreciate you for tuning into the podcast and sticking with me. And I know I've had some sniffles. We had Gates going crazy in the background. I actually got to go see. I wonder if Canada, uh, the women's Canada team won. Uh, versus Sweden. I had the game on right before I, I got on the podcast here. I only caught like the tail end or like, like the third period because I got home from work a little late. Um, but they just had a goal. They went up 3-2, so I'll go check and see if they won the game. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you everybody who has supported the podcast uh, from the beginning. I know it's t- you know 2023 now, and I, pr- I promise you I'm going to get better at doing episodes, uh, try to find my passion for this again. Go making a more conscious effort to actually do the podcast and put effort into it because it is something I'm, I'm passionate about. It's just when I lost the passion for a little bit, um, you just don't want to do it. So I apologize, folks, but um, we are going to work on that. And um, oh, also, while I'm thinking about it, actually, uh, I know Darren has covered it before and I've covered Ice Wars before, but I'm actually trying to I am going to actually look at flights after this. I'm going to try to go to Wyoming out there with old Chris Banity, good friend of the podcast, um, and just a friend in general. I, I, I talk with Chris a lot, quite often him and I, the meme Lord, I call Chris, right? He's always, we always send memes back and forth, but he's always got the, the dank meme stash as the kids say. Um, sorry, my nose is starting to run now. Um, but I'm going to end up shacking up with Chris out there. And, you know, I, I would like to do a podcast with him, a pre, like a pre ice wars podcast. Cause he lives out in Wyoming. He's an out about an hour away from Cheyenne where the, the event is going to take place. I don't think they have a venue yet. Um, there's probably a bid between two venues or something like that. Um, 
or they honestly fuck out there. You could do an outdoor rink. You could do, you could do an outdoor rink at like a fucking rodeo um, stadium, really, which actually that'd be kind of fucking cool. And that would fit right in. It'd just be free. It's going to be blistering cold out there in March, I would think, because um, it's Wyoming and it's fucking cold as shit out there. Um, but uh, the pod is going to try to travel for that. And also, while I'm thinking about it, um, the so I, I have alluded to it to some people and I, I've shown people a sneak preview. I'm waiting for the company to kind of get get everything going and we will be good to go on it. But I'm currently collaborating with an up and coming company. I'm not going to name who it is yet. But basically, the podcast should be getting merchandise soon in terms of just we're going to start out with T-shirts, see where the, see where everything takes us. Um and then after that, hopefully doing more stuff. And their vision for their company is to be more than just clothing. And I, th- I, I'm really looking forward to working with these guys. That you know, I've talked to their owner on the phone. It seemed like a lot of fun. So we'll see where the journey takes them, and hopefully they, you know, let the podcast tag along. But like I said, we should have some merchandise out soon. So be on the lookout for that. Of course, as soon as it drops, I will let everybody know. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the two bigger, big announcements. I wait, wait a whole hour. Yeah. Here's the announcement by the way. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to be looking at going to ice wars three and doing a, or maybe even a live podcast there or something. I don't know. Not while the fucking events going on, of course, but kind of a pregame show. See if I can get in early talk with AJ and get something going there. Um, so we will see what goes on there. I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, look out for merchandise from the podcast in terms of t-shirts. I'm really hoping it's going to be soon. I actually just talked with them today um, and should be coming out with something soon, at least for a teaser. So you can kind of see what's going to go on. And then of course we're going to drop it at a later date. So be on the lookout for that and please rate and review the show. Give the podcast a follow Just search five for fighting podcast on any platform. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, it'll come up. Search for the podcast on Google, uh, Spotify, Apple. I don't think Google does reviews, but if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, I know Spotify, you can't leave a review, but you can give stars. Same with Apple. You can choose to leave a review, um, but you can also give stars. Please rate and review the show. Um, I'm sure somebody out there is like, well, fuck. I mean, you released an episode once every six months. So how am I, how can I really review the show? I'm working on it, boys. Uh, I am trying to do better with that. Cause I've had people message me, of course. So thank you guys. I hope everybody had a great holiday, whether you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, uh, whatever the case is. And everybody had a great new year. Thank you guys for sticking out with the podcast. I appreciate all the support and until next time, hopefully, which will be next week as we're going to get better at this, right? Uh, that's what I'm going to tell myself anyways. But thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. And see you next time. Tomorrow.